One of the things I love about hymns is they use language that we don't use every day and it causes you to stop and think. And I love that about worship and worship songs that it sort of arrests your attention from just catching in the flow of things and not actually, who am I worshipping and what am I, what am I doing? So anyway, just a, a side reflection as I read the word span in there. It's clever. clever. It's highly unlikely that you've ever heard a message like what I'm about to preach. Highly unlikely. In fact, if it is, I would be keen to know who and when and the effect it had on you. But but this might be a very first for you and for Village this afternoon. It's a message about leaving. We don't like to talk about leaving. Some of you, does anyone really hate farewells and goodbyes? You can feel, yeah, feel you. Some people really don't like them. I'm not a fan. Not a fan at all. Now, today we're talking about leaving with excellence. And I need to say right up front, this is not a hint. In any way, shape or form, it is not a hint. But it's important teaching that every church I've been in, I've tried to offer because I think it, it benefits us as a church, but it also benefits um, your life in every way because we have to leave things all the time. We have to leave relationships at times. We have to leave jobs. Sometimes we leave churches. We leave groups of friends. We leave an unhealthy habit or pattern behind. We might leave a volunteering role. We might at one stage, in fact, not might, we will at one stage leave this world. It's a reality. And most of the time, when people leave something, they don't do a great job of it. Hence the value of this message. When we leave things, we want to leave Jesus' imprint in our wake. So you know how a boat has a wake, and you know the boat's been there because the wake has elapsed against the shore? In our wake, in the the space that we leave when we go, we want people to see that Jesus was there and Jesus has been alive. Now, believe it or not, there is an excellent way to leave anything. For example, a relationship, a friendship. There's a great way to leave a friendship and a very poor way to leave a friendship. Are you familiar with the phrase to ghost someone? All the kids are using it these days, to ghost someone. And to ghost someone means you are in relationship of some description with somebody and to ghost them is to give them the silent treatment permanently. So never to speak to them again, never to engage with them, never to have anything to do with them. And it happens frequently. It's called ghosting. It is the worst relational dynamic that's known to man to completely cut off with no explanation, no words, goodbye. It's terrible. Some people leave volunteer roles by just not showing up. Just not showing up. In new life, this happened all the time. It wasn't excellent. It was very, very frustrating. And it doesn't leave the people that you've left behind with an overwhelming sense of joy at you or at the job that now needs to be filled. It's not excellent just to not show up. Over the, over the years, and there's been a few years now as a minister, nearly 20 actually, where people have engaged in the idea of leaving churches. It happens all the time. People leave churches. 
And they might move away or stop coming or change churches or get really upset, blow up, let everyone have it. But this might sound strange. There is a really excellent way to leave a church. There is a good way to do it. Everybody is welcome to leave at any time, but there is a great way to do it. The poor way is you just disappear. You just fade from people's consciousness and thinking and from the roles and the place you have. Because you underestimate your value that you have as part of the church. And people start to find out weeks or months later, where's that person gone? Try to reach out to them and call them and they won't answer. And That's not to leave with excellence. And as Christians, we have to do an excellent job at leaving things. I left a job while I was studying to become a minister. I had a lot of things on my plate. And I was doing a particular job, which I don't talk to many people about because it causes me to have to do a bunch of more work. So I used to, and believe it or not, I used to be in childcare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was an out-of-school hours program, and they had a holiday program, and I I went for a job position with young people, and I didn't get it, and they said, but you'd be great with kids. I'm like, you don't know me. Anyway, it turns out, love kids, did okay at it. The job went really, really well. It was a casual job, and it came to the point where it didn't fit in my life anymore, And so I needed to leave it. And I tried to follow the things that I'm talking about here today. And I left really well. And to celebrate me leaving, they gave me a gift. It was really lovely. Six months later, my life had shifted and changed somewhat. And I needed the job back. And so I went back and I said, can I get my job back? And they said, yes, because I'd left so well. Absolutely, come on board. So I started in the same team, the same job, the same work. Again, six months after that, you know where this is going. My life changed again and I had to leave and get this. I left so well, I got another farewell gift. What? A year later, there were some people that were upset about this. I do not blame them. I was very surprised. The point being, leaving... When we do it well, it makes such a good imprint and a good impact on what we're doing. We keep our character intact. We make sure our reputation as a Christian who loves God is intact. We don't have to carry around baggage. How many times do you leave stuff and you're like, oh, I've still got this baggage on me from it. I didn't hurt. We don't hurt those who we leave, who've welcomed us. Our boss can then trust the next person. Our leader can trust the next person because we've left well. Things that I've left were left in a ready position for the next person. And I'd improved what I've been part of. I contributed to it well. Now here's the clincher. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you are a Christian, your faith requires you to leave things excellently. And it's because of your faith that you can do it. Now we know this because of how Jesus left. Heather just read it to us before. Jesus Christ left supremely well. He put on a clinic of how you should leave. He could write a book about it. He actually did. It's called the Bible. You should read it. It's a good book. 
So I have five rules from the way Jesus conducted himself and Jesus left that I want to offer to you this morning that might help you navigate difficult situations that you feel you need to leave. And so just remember these five points, jot these five points down, hold these five points, do them when it comes time, and you will, you will have a completely different, wonderful experience about leaving something. So the first one is make sure it has God's yes. Make sure your leaving has God's yes. One of the most gripping scenes in the Bible is Jesus in the garden. You know when he's in the garden and he asks the disciples to pray and he journeys further in and he's just weeping and he's anxious and he's tied up in knots. Matthew 26 verse 39 says, Going a little further, Jesus fell with his face to the ground and he prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet, not as I will, but as you will. You ever thought why he talks about a cup? It's really interesting, isn't it? They just celebrated the Passover meal. And every Passover meal, celebrated in an orthodox traditional manner, there are four cups and throughout the course of the meal, people will be in, um, invited to, to, to drink a cup and then to drink the second cup and to drink the third cup. But the fourth cup always remained untouched because according to the Passover liturgy and ritual, the fourth cup was the cup of suffering. And no Jew was able to drink and consume everybody else's suffering. Only God could do that. So the fourth cup was reserved for the Messiah. And Jesus in the garden, that's the cup he's talking about. Take this cup from me. I don't want to drink of it, but if it's your will, if it's your yes, God, if your yes is there, I will drink of it. In the story, we see this breaking point of Jesus, this moment of utter surrender. He gives in to God's Leading. Now, Jesus had looked toward the cross his entire adult life. And yet, in the 11th hour, in the 59th minute, this is just before he's arrested, he's still wanting to make sure it's a yes, God. It's a yes, what I'm about to do. Jesus made sure he had God's yes. It's the first principle. Make sure you have God's yes. Now, for some of you, there may be some things that you currently want to leave in your life. Like, I want to leave whatever, this situation, this circumstance, this thing, this organization. I want to leave it. And you're on the way out mentally. You might not have physically moved yet, but you're on the way out mentally. But God hasn't said yes yet. And until God says yes, you can leave God still wants you there to do a work through you. So search for God's yes. Now, some of you may be thinking, there's something I don't want to leave. But God is saying, yes, now is the time. And you know it. When I'm talking about it now, you're like, oh, should have stayed in bed. Should have listened to the rain. Didn't want to... Because you know you need to leave it. And God is saying leave it. But for whatever reason you're sticking at it. But God's yes frees us. 
It frees us from the things that God does not want us to be bound by. You can trust God. If God says yes to leave something, you can trust God. So this first point, make sure it has God's yes, it trumps everything else. What God says is ultimately in the, all that's important. Make sure every decision has God's yes. But to take it a step further, the second point is to begin the conversation early. I think there are degrees of communication. There's excellent communication, and then there's mediocre communication, and then there's terrible communication. Guess which sphere we need to occupy ourselves in when it comes to leaving. Jesus occupied the excellent sphere. He lived in this place of excellence in communication. Now, excellent communication is tough, is it not? To say all the right things at the right time, in the right way, to the right person, that's difficult. When Jesus' ministry is getting established and it's taking shape, so early days, he'd done some healings, he'd fed the 4,000, hadn't yet worked up to the 5,000, but he'd fed the 4,000, he'd walked on water, turned water into wine, not at the same time, and the momentum of his ministry is building. And early on, as early as it possibly makes sense, Jesus starts talking about how he's going to leave. In Mark chapter 8, verse 31, Jesus then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. Mark 8, that's in. That was a long time before Jesus was about to depart. And it wasn't the only time that he talked about it. And the disciples at the time would not have had a clue that that's what Jesus was talking about. And when he talked about it, they're like, oh, another parable, another code to break. How do we understand this? And that's why Jesus kept having to talk about it and to talk about it so that his disciples would be ready. We need to clearly tell the people who need to know. We need to tell them early. And we need to tell them in the importance that they are to you and to the issue. Begin the conversation early. Let's make this practical. Let's say you've got a friendship right now. You've got a friendship in your life. And you wouldn't say this out loud, but secretly you're, you're thinking and you're feeling, I need to get out, I need to leave this friendship. It's not good. It's not good who I become in the friendship. I'm not helping it. I need to get out, I need to leave. You need to start talking about it with the person. You need to start putting boundaries in place to see if you can move whatever isn't working to a place where it does work. We can't ghost them. Remember, can't just cut off ties forever. Don't wait till it blows up and you need to vacate permanently. Just begin a conversation. It's the same as if you're at church. If you're disgruntled with church, it's usually, usually what happens when somebody becomes disgruntled with church is because they're also carrying a lot of stress and weight from things outside of church. 
And church where they come to for solace and for peace and for restoration, when it starts to move or shift or change, people struggle in that space. Don't wait until the weight of all of that spiritually crushes you, because it will. It crushes people and they end up blaming God and leave the church. But what could happen is you can have a conversation early. Oh, I'm struggling. Can you help me? Can you walk with me? Can you help me think it through? Can you pray for me? I just need a sounding board. And if myself or any of our church councillors can do that for you, we want to. We want to walk with you through life, not go, where have they gone? They were here, what, a month ago and they're not here anymore? And you're living a story of just hurt and pain because it got too much. What about something that's really quite real? What about leaving this life? I had the privilege of doing too many funerals. And I say privilege because there is a deep calling and love in me for, for what the funeral process enables. And some people leave really, really well. And some people leave quite unexpectedly. And others don't leave well at all. But have you thought about it? So you have nothing to fear. If you know and trust Jesus, you have nothing to fear. You're going to fare far better set up than what's happening here. So you don't need to worry. If, if fear and death is something that grips you, ask Jesus to, for it to release its grip because it has no claim on you. You are alive forever with Christ. And if you're not, we can solve that this morning. We can pray for you this morning. It's not a problem. But have you thought about how you leave? Your funeral, what will your funeral look like? Is your will in order? Is the money or resources or belongings you have, have you organized and thought about who and what you might leave that to? Have you brought your family into these conversations? Have you started talking about it? Take your cues from Jesus. Do it early on before it ever gets to disaster level. And you will find such freedom in farewelling things and farewelling this place for somewhere far, far better. But don't let people find out via your actions before they find out via your words. Talk about it before you act on it. So first of all, make sure God has said yes. Second, begin the conversation early. Third, leave in peace. Sounds like an alien thing, doesn't it? Just leave in peace. Oh, what's going on there? This is where it starts to get to the challenging end of the five. I recall a job I had where I was um, in this job and I was working with someone who was um, a good friend, but as we continued on, they became a very difficult person to work with. And as it went on, it didn't sort of escalate into loud conflict, but it was more like subtle under the surface. You know that feeling when things aren't right, but no one's really talking about? It was, it was horrible. And, and it was building, getting more and more difficult until I had the opportunity to leave. And I was stoked. I was like, yes, God, you pulled me out of this because I didn't know how I was going to fix it. And you saved me from it. And God said, oh, yeah, no, 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 no. You've got to fix it before you leave. Oh, but I don't want to. 
I don't, I don't, I don't want to have those conversations. God says, mm, don't really care. You've got to fix it. Be obedient. And what would have been so easy is just to have left. Ah, oh, the freedom I perceived that I would have. And it would be all solved. But what God knew is that I would carry things with me and the other person in the situation would carry things with them and that would not be peaceful. That would be not be making peace. And we're called to make peace. We're not meant to keep the peace. We're meant to make and create peace. And so I went to that person a little bit before I left. I said, can we sit down? I just want to talk to you about some things. And I shared what had been happening in my heart and how I felt and I was sorry and... And I kind of put it all on the table. And the person would love to say, they were like, oh, wow, thanks, Ralph. That's amazing because I've been feeling this too. And forgive me. And that didn't, it didn't happen like that. They went, oh, okay, that's fine. Thanks. So, okay, are we good? Yep, we're good. I go, oh, we're not good, but I can't do anything more to leave in peace. We have to do everything we can to leave in peace. God was the one who hung naked on a cross for me, for you, and he dared to utter the words, Father, forgive them. They have no idea what they're doing. Jesus did that for us. Can you fathom the resilience and the strength and the character that would have taken to utter those words? He spoke those words to me. He spoke those words to you. Because it was our sin that pinned Jesus to the cross. And he speaks those words to us because Jesus didn't want us to leave those who had wronged him feeling the weight of their sin. Leaving in peace really matters. Jesus didn't want to leave those who had wronged him feeling the weight of of their sin and he doesn't want you to feel the weight of your sin and he doesn't want those you leave to feel the weight of your sin if you leave without tending to that stuff that person or that organization or that group or whoever it is their last opportunity for peace leaves with you the bible calls you a peacemaker not a peacekeeper so make sure you offer peace Leave in such a way that Jesus' image is all people see on your back as you walk out the door. Now this really comes to bear in relationships. Leaving is not conflict resolution. It's just leaving. It's tough to hear, isn't it? And it might help the conflict, but it won't heal the conflict. And it'll sit on your shoulders forever. We are called to not just to make peace. We are not called just to keep peace, but to make it and to create it. That's what we were saved to and that's what we're empowered to do. So make sure it has God's yes. Begin the conversation early. Leave in peace and don't leave before you leave. You ever sense that in yourself? You know, the switch off factor. Where you know you're leaving and you're moving on to something. And so you just switch off. You just cruise. Working 100% at your job. Got a new job coming. Retiring. And you're like, no, nah, just switch off. We'll just coast through. It might be when you're moving to a different location. You're moving to a different place. And you're like, no, I'll just switch off. I can't, 
I don't need to continue to invest in the things that are here. I know it's a few months away. I'll just switch off. It might be that a relationship is not working and, and that person's moving away and so you just switch off emotionally. Just click it off. Or you're in a serving role and you switch off by starting to, to whinge and agitate and, and spread dissension and gossip. When I was in Seymour, my first placement as a minister, I'd been there for five years and we were about to leave. And there was a four-month gap between leaving there, to, between deciding I'm going to leave there and moving to the Gold Coast. So I was at Seymour for four more months. And I started, as that four-month period started, I started gearing up for new life and thinking about the Gold Coast and how it's going to work. And a, and a friend of mine came to me one day and she sat down and she said, I need to speak to you. And she started tearing up. And she said, I know you've got to leave, but it's like you've left already. And she was dead right. I didn't mean to, but that's what happened. I flicked off the switch. And I realized to honor God and to honor the people that were there, to honor what God had called me to, I needed to switch it back on. And so I did. I switched it back on and I, I pushed in and I tried to finish with excellence. Imagine if Jesus had switched off once he got arrested. Ah, oh, made it. Rest is going to take care of itself. The guy next to him on the cross would have faced a Christless and an eternity void of God's love. Luke 23, one of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself. Save us. But the other criminal rebuked this criminal. He said, don't you fear God? Since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly, for we are getting out what our deeds deserve. But this man, he has done nothing wrong. And then he said, Jesus, remember me when you go into your kingdom. And Jesus says, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. He went full tilt to the very end. Once he was in the hands of the soldiers, he could have called it quits. When he had been flogged, he could have said, I've had enough and endure the cross on the cross he could have dialed it down and switched off but he didn't he was compelled to the very end for the sake of every single person don't leave before you leave God still wants to use you in that space up until the point of your departure so make sure you have God's yes Begin the conversation early. Leave in peace. Don't leave before you leave. And maybe the toughest of all, leave it better than how you want to find it. Leave it better <coughs> than how you want to find it. Have you left this world in a better place because you were here? If you haven't, your time is not yet finished. There is still work for you to do. Leaving something better than when we found it, that is truly confronting, isn't it? The same is true for church. If you vanish, or sometimes when people leave, they destroy relationships, they break trust, they gossip, they hurt others, they let others have it as they leave, then those who God is calling into that space you have people that are just struggling with all this distrust and suspicion and anger. And God says, how can I bring people into this group 
if they won't trust because they'll think you just leave. So how we leave really matters. It's hard for those who we leave to come to terms with it. Unless we've sought God, yes. We've left in peace. We've started talking about it early. Most people want to find it easy to move into a church. And when a church is distrusting, which happens when people leave, when there's a lot of of conflict and people depart, new people find it hard to belong to that. And so as a church, we need to enable and welcome God's healing in us so that people see the Spirit of God at work here. How you leave the church, if you're considering leaving a church ever, is a kingdom matter. It really matters to Jesus. And it matters far broader and more deeply than you realise. A good case in point is Hazel. Hazel's leaving us in March. No, April. I love it. It's getting later and later. No, no. August. Hazel's leaving us in August. <laughs> but Hazel's left so well. She's still here. She's still serving and still vibrantly. She's been talking about it for months, months and months. Because she wants us to journey with her through that. She hasn't left early. There is a peace. There is a God's yes about it. And we say Leanne was the same. The way Leanne left was the same. It can be done. We can, we can do it. But we need to take it seriously. It really is a kingdom matter. When Jesus left, his last words were, were um, what he said to his disciples. The words that I'm sure you all know by now. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus left things better than when he found them. Jesus would have wanted a world that has a saviour who sits on the throne. Jesus would have wanted a world where the future of church offers something powerful and deep and significant for all people to go to. Jesus would have wanted clear instruction and exciting mission and things to do. Jesus left with excellence. He left things better than the way he wanted to find them. And we are the beneficiaries of how well Jesus left. We benefit from that. It's amazing. So make sure leaving has God's yes. Begin the conversation early. Leave in peace. Don't leave before you leave and leave it how you want to find it. Now let me just make this real just for a few moments as we wrap up. Some of the things you are involved in in your life, you need to leave. And you've recognised that through the course of this morning. It might be an addiction. It might be a bad habit. It might be a significant friendship. It might be a poor attitude. It might be something that's limiting your potential. It might be a toxic friendship. It might be a dead-end job. It might be a debt. It might be a sinful pattern. It might be a place that you're trapped in. And you hear a message like this, 
and the, the cry of your heart is, but Ralph, you just don't understand. Because it's so tough. It's so difficult. You don't get it. The pain leaving would cause. The mess it would make. The awkwardness I'd feel. The despair I would have to live with. I don't know where I go or what I do. It's all I've ever known. I'd be so lost. Your heart rages with these, these arguments. And you need to know that if God's yes is with you, if it relies with what the Spirit is saying, with what the Scriptures are saying, with what wise counsel are saying, with what you're discerning in your spirit, if God's yes is with you, so is his strength and so is his power. It is with you. You have nothing to fear. God's power enables us to leave when it is beyond our power to do so. Just like God's power enabled Jesus to do what he did. What is beyond the human power to do so. The power of God that resided in Christ as he hung on the cross to dismantle the regime of evil, to break the back of sin, resulting in us being handed a victory. It's yours already. Jesus has already done the hard work. He's already faced sin and death down. And if you've said yes to trusting in Jesus, then whatever you're thinking and whatever you're facing and thinking, I have to leave, the power of God that was in Jesus that overcame death is the power of God that is in you to overcome this. So I want to pray for you now. I want to pray for those of you who right now know you need to leave something or someone. You know it. God has said yes and I want to pray for you. And I also want to pray for you if you're sitting there and your mind has been taken back to when you didn't leave well and you might be feeling a sense of guilt or feeling terrible about it. That's not yours to carry around anymore. And so I want to pray for if you're in either of those spaces. So let's bow our heads. Give this time to God. Lord God, we thank you. You left this world so supremely well with such excellence that we are bearers of that gift every day. Your leaving gives us the grace and the power and the triumph and the victory to overcome anything we may face. And we are coming to you this morning with those things. Lord, I want to pray for those who this morning have realized they need to ask the question, should I leave? Lord, I pray you would just pour your wisdom and your discernment and your insight into their hearts. That they would sense your yes or they would sense your no and they would have the strength to obey. Lord, I want to pray for those who this morning know they need to leave something but it's not easy it's so difficult Lord I, I want you to reveal the fact to them that you can be trusted you have the power that you're offering them to leave that which they need to 
Minister to them, Lord. Meet them. Strengthen them. Give them such wisdom that they might apply it to this situation. And Lord, for those this morning that have been grieving, having not left somewhere not well, or having had someone leave them, Lord, as Sandra prayed, we come here in your silence. We ask that you administer to us. Heal us. Take away our guilt, our regret, and our shame if we've done poorly. May it become a valuable lesson, but no more than that. And Lord, heal our hearts if we have had, we've been left by someone. Heal our hearts, encourage us, and become our all this morning. That we might not want for anything other than you. For your grace and for your understanding, for your spirit and work amongst us, Lord, we are so thankful. We are not worthy, but we are so thankful. We ask these things in your glorious name. Amen.